Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Right, hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here today in the studio with today's guests. They're a husband and wife team who have been working in the property industry in various ways for a a number of years now. Um, But prior to that, they've both done huge amounts of uh, interesting, very interesting and varied things. So uh, looking forward to hearing about that. They are Linda Camp and James Meyer. How are you doing? Hi. Good <laughs> yeah, to be doing, here. We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Thanks Good. for inviting Good. us. No worries. It's a pleasure. So um, currently, then, you're you're at Barton Court, which is just outside uh, Colwell, and you've you've renovated that over the last few years, and it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing place. Having just been there this week for, uh, for my second visit, I think, second or third. Um. Yeah, it's it's very cool, and we'll get onto that a little bit later. Um, people can come and find you at bartoncourtonline.co.uk. That's the one. Yeah, I'll memorize. They want to see it. <laughs> I got it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's go back because I sort of had some inkling about your your past and what you've been up to. Because I know James, you were a, a photographer. Back in the day, back in, in the back in, in the London. old days, back yes. in the old yes. days of real photography. <laughs> um, although still, still very interested in photography, but yeah. um, it's got a different complexion to it these days. Because when yeah. I was doing it, it was heaven forbid pre-digital days, um, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the uh, what I did um, is very similar, and a lot of what happens at the moment is rather different. But it's mm. quite useful having the background. Of yeah, the lighting experience and the visual experiences that I had over many years doing old-fashioned film photography. Yeah, yeah, and that was all a kind of commercial advertising photography. Yes, was yes, it? Yeah. yeah, okay. Commercial and bit of editorial, but uh, mainly for advertising agencies and design groups. Okay, and you had your own studio in London, I think. Did you? Yes, I had a, a studio in the middle of London. Um, an old Victorian church school hall, smack in the middle of the rag trade area, north of Oxford Street in right. London. Uh, very nice base. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine that bases like that will be uh, used anymore these days for that sort of industry because the centre of London has become so incredibly even more expensive yeah. and yeah. sought after. And you'd have yeah. to be a mountain goat to get up there. It was really, right, really, yeah. <laughs> really, really high. Was it? And James, so fit, used to skip <laughs> up about 150 steps every day, umpteen times a day. Really? Carrying quite... all the kit and all the gear. And... Yeah, well, as you know, you know, sometimes when you get uh, things in to shoot, I think you had to use winches and all sorts yeah, of they, things. They were the highest yeah. up the staircase. Um, <laughs> cars, you couldn't get in. No, no, I had, to, that was, that was I had to get to a car studio, which is a separate okay. thing. And when are we talking here? Then when, when did you? We have that? are talking uh, from broadly 1980 right. um, to early 2000s. Okay. Um, okay. In two or three separate studios, but there was one in the middle of uh, 
in, in the middle of W1, just north of Oxford Street, where right. um, I, I was actually for uh, nearly 20 years. Okay, wow. Okay. And, and did you study photography and, and everything? Is yes, that where I, that came I, from? I did photography at college. Um, yeah. It's a sort of strange sort of thing to do at college because the, um, the various lecturers were trying to make it more academic and it actually was. It, it was a feather right. in their cap to pretend it was a, a really seriously <laughs> academic, highbrow, uh, scholastic type of discipline. Yeah. And it's not. It's yeah. useful if you know a bit of technical stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it can't really be either, can't, can't really be taught. Yeah. Um, or you point people in the right direction. Um, so I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit doubtful about three or four year courses in photography. Right. Okay. I think it's just people yeah. who think they can impress by having a qualification. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's my take on, right, on that. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, are you both from London originally? Mm, is that, I am. Yeah. yeah. James isn't. I, I'm okay. an imposter. Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I went to London when I was 19. And right. uh, from... having come from north of Shropshire oh, okay. uh, and was wildly excited by coming to London. <laughs> it yeah. was fabulous. And in, in fact, the, uh, <clears throat> the excitement of London never really worn off, mm. wore off, um, although. There are a number of reasons why London now, and even 15 years ago when we left, uh, had lost some of its glimmer. Right, okay, okay. And you, and you, you, you were born and raised in London? Born and raised um, in London and in uh, Kensington. Okay. <laughs> so very, very much in the, well, I like to think the centre of London. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I went to school in Fulham. Right, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Grew up just along from the King's Road and saw okay. it. yeah. Yeah, when it was really fashionable. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. And um, you've got some photography in your background as well, by the looks of things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> only insofar as I I did a very kind of um, strange occupation for a while, and uh, wanted to break away from it, and fell into becoming a photographer's agent. Okay. Um, right. By connections that I had, uh, one one of the photographers was James, and ah, uh, okay. he was a still life element of my portfolio, as it were. <laughs> and the other was a fashion photo- photographer called Dick Dormer, right. who had Good a name. studio in um, Bar. Uh, was it Barons Court? Barons, yeah, Barons Court, not Barton Court. That was a bit odd. Yeah, and that was that was really good fun. Yeah, I ran his studio and took his book out, and I took James's book out as well. Right, various okay. People. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Back in the days when you took books out, I was going to yes, say, yeah, you don't different. Do that now. From... Advertising agencies or yeah. editorial places to show show your work. Show what well, you could do. Yeah, those days have gone. Yeah, yeah, but different now. Yeah, okay. certainly must be. Yeah, gosh, didn't realise that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I'm just thinking of the timeline here then. So you, you kind of met doing doing that and James, you're running your your advertising photography studio, you're running the fashion photography mm-hmm. studio. You're married at this point? No, we didn't marry quite then. Uh, I then took a different career path and uh, started to get into property, which is a great interest of mine. Okay. And um, so I became a first of all an inventory clerk they were called and then I became a relocation agent and I sourced property for 
mostly investment bankers back in the bad old 80s. Uh, my main <laughs> client was Lehman Brothers. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, how well that ended. Um, but yes, I used to represent them, go and find all their um, incoming executives, wildly expensive places to stay in London. And from that, I got to know lots of investment landlords and then started to find property for them to buy, to do up, to rent, to corporate clients. So I got very heavily immersed in the whole um, London property world. Yeah, yeah. Which was really good fun. Yeah. Yeah. And is this the kind of stuff where you're um, you're sourcing stuff that's not on the market and sometimes it is um there's no there's no doubt that uh, at a certain level it doesn't matter where you live in in the country there uh, there's a a a range of property that never comes to the open market it's all Mm -hmm. passed on through people knowing people um okay so there's an element of that and also there there was i think my skill was in spotting something that looked really unprepossessing and seeing that there was potential in it and then you know making that happen right okay Uh, because people are they you know obviously you've heard the old cliche about you want to sell a property stick the coffee pot on Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it is true. People, even seasoned buyers, get suckered by that. And they, right. <laughs> they, they, you know, they get sort of put off by peeling paintwork and funny colours. And right, okay. You have to see beyond that to the bones of the place and see what you can do. Okay, um, so your skill was in sort of seeing beyond mm, things yeah. and and what that could be, and then sort of presenting it to yeah, and then changing the potential it. buyer. So okay. ripping it all out. Right. Changing the colours, changing the orientation sometimes, of the flow. Okay. Uh, and just making it present much better, work much better. And also, Linda was quite good at uh, getting people what they actually needed and wanted rather than what they thought they wanted. Mm. Uh, okay. uh, a lot right. of these very rich, young American bankers um, had... Uh, unrealistic ideas of what was right for them. Right, and they okay. wanted status and they wanted certain areas of London because they thought, wow, that's really impressive. And Linda would try, not always successfully, but try <laughs> to point them in the direction of something that she knew would actually work better for them. Right, okay, um, okay. And when she managed to persuade them, they were very delighted. Yeah, right, they, okay. yeah. yeah they didn't always realise, you know, they, I, I might have mentioned before that, People would come thinking, oh, I've got to live in Belgravia because Belgravia is, they've heard of it, or right, Mayfair. Yeah. But if you're 30-something with a couple of kids, you want to live in Belgravia. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. Right, um, yeah. So I used to have to sort of wean them off that idea and try right. to point them in the direction of somewhere that suited their actual needs rather than this notion of, you know, they wanted to show off. Right. Okay. Okay. So there's quite a lot of, um, well, relationship and sort of, oh yeah, um, not persuasion, but I suppose just well, working out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of persuasion. A bit of manipulation there, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, coming from the point of view of what's yeah. actually best for them, rather Absolutely. than you know, you trying Absolutely. to sell a property yeah. that you've got. Kind because of you could just tell, you know. I, I mean, I remember a classic case when this guy didn't listen to me preferred to be taken out on a tour by somebody else who 
was getting a big commission for getting shot of this place in just overlooking Harrods car park. Right. There's a young guy and he was like John Boy from the Waltons. And the flat <laughs> actually had some original French chateau doors in it. So you can imagine the scale and the size and this really uncomfortable Louis the whatever furniture <laughs> that you actually had to perch on. And she persuaded him that that's what he needed. Okay. This is a guy who liked to play his Xbox. Right, okay. <laughs> and drink a few beers and lounge around. <laughs> and she did such a good job. He took this, and this is like 25 years ago. I think the rent was £1,200 a week. Yeah. And the company coughed up and paid a couple of years in one hit because the landlord wanted it. Right. And the chap stayed there for two weeks. Right. Because he was right. it was it was clearly not right for yeah. him. He was so yeah. unhappy there. Right. It's yeah. so a very expensive <clears throat> mistake. Mm. Um mm. easy, I suppose, if you're in the selling position to yeah. kind of go for the short term win. But then in the long term, I suppose, you know, it's your reputation and yeah. people realise that you're doing that and uh yeah. you're out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So um Looking, looking at the, the buyers that you sent me through then, because I, I don't know everything about what you've done, but you both kind of started getting into property then at, at, at some point. Yes, yes. Uh, well, Linda suggested, and I, I accepted quite gratefully, that um, <clears throat> some um, input into photography, uh, sorry, in, into, into property uh, and what one can do business-wise uh, with property uh, might be... A useful adjunct, not only a useful adjunct, but somewhere I could usefully go from, shall we say, the not the dying days, but the fizzling out days of camera uh, of photography with film. Yeah. And when I say film, I don't mean actually movies. No. I no. mean <laughs> film as opposed to digital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and indeed, I had um, a lifelong interest in in property uh, right, okay. and visual. Uh, aspects of property um, and that seemed a sensible area for me to segue off into okay um, so yeah the, the property also became something of considerable interest to me was it was um, it hard kind of coming away from the photography that you'd well, very, been doing for very, so long very, and... very different um, discipline mm. um, but there's there sort of visual elements of it which are remain the same mm. and indeed you know, photography as uh, as done digitally um, these days uh, has uh, an awful lot in common with the photography that I used to do. The, yeah, yeah. the um, considerations of lighting and uh, of composition mm. and when something looks right and doesn't look right mm. are identical. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So the tools are a bit different. Yeah. And in many ways, with digital photography, rather more sophisticated. Yeah. But the actual background to it is is very similar. It's much the same, isn't it? Um, yeah. And if you can't gauge that something looks right, um, in the old film days, in the old with the old cameras, you can't gauge whether it looks right uh, digitally. I mean, there's no computer that can tell you that that composition is pleasing and it looks good. Yeah. And that's the yeah. right way to do it. Um, so yeah, there are an awful lot of similarities. Okay, uh, so you, you kind of brought the yeah the visual aspect to the property, and 
Well, I, I guess you both really well, have we, that we both um, do, really, sort yes, of interior and design and, uh, and and your kind of appreciation for the way things looked. Well, Jimmy's look. mum was a, an, a real property fiend in her yeah. own right. She right, loved okay. nothing more than finding something that was clapped out and doing it up. <laughs> so I think he, he had it in his blood. She was right, also okay. a really fine photographer, professional oh, photographer. Right, okay. Yeah, as was his dad. So I think that was all bubbling there in the background. And yes, we we just liked, she was a great homemaker. Uh, she had a wonderful sense of style in the home. Right, okay. And I think we just all kind of clicked on that, that yeah. visual level. Um, yeah, so we've made a good team. Dave's also a very good negotiator. Right. So that's okay. helped. Hugely um, in the past. Is that, is that mean wheeling and dealing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that learnt from from being self-employed as a photographer and having I to negotiate? I suppose being self-employed has some, something to do with it. Mm. Uh, but yes, there is a, a a knack. I don't always get, but there is a knack of of, of negotiating a deal um, and sensing when somebody actually does basically want want to trade with you, even though they they walk away with it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, there's some learnt skills there that you brought through yes, into the, the new. Okay. Yeah. So what's the kind of next big move then for <gasps> both of you at that point? Oh, oh, at that point. Sorry, I thought you meant now. No, no, not now. God, no, 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 we're not jumping forward no. to that yet. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we 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 had a a wonderful wonderful flat in London, which is a. Subject of a podcast in itself that, oh, yeah. that was I found through a client of mine actually, right. um, and we had Oscar. So mm -hmm. we lived in a lovely place. He was growing up in uh, SW3, going to kindergarten. But as as you probably are aware, you can't let your kids run out in the street and play or go on their bicycles to the park in London if you ever want to see them again. SW3 yeah. being Chelsea, darling, <laughs> just in case uh, the listeners don't know. So we started renting a, a cottage in the countryside and then right. decided we liked it so much. And, you know, Friday afternoon we'd be on the M4, right, heading, <laughs> heading west. Um, yeah. Then we, we bought a cottage mm -hmm. and did it up, and that really was quite a project. Um, but it was on the top of a hill. Okay. And my aunt, who was like my mum, uh, had a very gammy leg and couldn't get up the hill. So oh, after right, a okay. period of time, we decided we needed to find something else and <laughs> bought another cottage at auction right. and rented the first one in order to make the money work. Okay. Yeah. And that's how we started with a business that was called Cotswold Cottages Online. Okay. So we kept buying, doing up, and then moving on to something that was different, bigger, lower, whatever. Uh, okay. And we could never bear to part with them. So we used to <laughs> rent them as holiday lets. Okay. And that, we did that really successfully for, I don't know, 15 years. But, uh, what was the time frame there? When are we? So that we're talking about, ooh, Oscar was uh, 
about 95 onwards. Okay, and so it's quite early days of the internet and oh, particularly absolutely. like online you know, cottages, that, that kind yeah, of Yeah, we were amongst thing. the first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was dial-up then, you know. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> that horrible really, noise. <laughs> <laughs> really weird. But yeah, was, so that was, that, that was for a period of, of about 20 years from 95 onwards. Yeah. Which is how we're able to say without bragging or exaggeration that over that sort of period, we had um, owned sequentially, mm. I think, 20, 21 properties wow. in as many years. Yeah. Um, sequentially, I hasten to add, we didn't have yeah, that yeah, big yeah. property yeah. empire. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was all useful and interesting stuff. And I'm yeah. pleased to say that I think without, without any exception, we didn't burn our fingers on, on no. anything. No. Wow. So they all, they all sort of powder their nose quite nicely and yeah. some of them if we say so ourselves spectacularly well yeah we did, we did really well on them they were great rental investments and all the rest of it and um and then so so then we moved to Cheltenham we actually moved out of London to live in the countryside in the Cotswolds yeah. um when Oscar was seven so that he okay. could go to the village school right we, okay. we had a, a weekend cottage if you like yeah came proper um village livers and he had a fantastic time that yeah. was the best thing we ever did for him because yeah. he was you know he was able to be a normal boy yeah. and yeah. meet his mates go and play football yeah. he could never have done that living in central london you just yeah, can't yeah. give them that freedom um and then wonderfully for him for us he got into pate's grammar school in cheltenham which right. is one of the finest schools whatever amount of money you might have <laughs> at your disposal. It just happens to be a state school and free. So we then moved to Cheltenham so that he could go to school. And that was fantastic. Right, he had okay. the most wonderful experience there. Fabulous education. Yeah, made yeah. great friends. And had the benefit in Cheltenham of access to the countryside, but the ability to learn street smarts because mm -hmm. kids do need that i think mm -hmm. uh, and we we loved cheltenham very yeah, much yeah, yeah. so it's okay. good so i'm just interested like hearing that about um you know you're saying that you couldn't have given him the same life in london but obviously you grew up in london what yeah. made you kind of realise or think? That was in the 50s. Uh, different uh, days. <laughs> okay, so you, looked, so you looked at it and thought, well, yeah. this is different now. Absolutely. We yeah, well, we're, we're, we're very old. So growing up in London, was, <laughs> yeah. oh, London was very old. <laughs> You're not very old. Um, in, you know, in the 50s and yeah. the 60s, yeah. uh, very, very different. We didn't look okay. outdoors. No, but I just wondered if, if you know, kind of because when you grow up with something like that, it's kind of hard to maybe think that you want to do something different for your kids or, or maybe it's easier I don't know oh well it was it was just absolutely crystal clear I mean yeah. I, I don't know how people manage with their kids in London to give them any freedom right, I yeah. don't I can't think of a, a suburb where you could just let kids of that age I mean when they're teenagers mm. of course but not not when you're sort of seven eight nine ten when you're mm. a youngster and you want to meet your mates after school for a couple of hours. I can't think of anywhere you would let your ki kids out on the street mm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a gated community, maybe, but no. I mean, 
Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Okay, so yeah. it was a pretty easy decision then. In yeah. Absolutely, terms of, yeah. 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 One of those famous no-brainers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, right. So we, we we've got to Cheltenham then. What are you What are you doing when you're in Cheltenham workwise and at that point? More of the same, really. Yeah. Um, running the uh, Cotswold rentals, and we mm-hmm. did up a couple of um, small rentals in Cheltenham and uh, our home, which was a massive undertaking, a big Edwardian villa that hadn't been well, actually it'd been a brothel. Um, which we made into a really nice family home. And and we did it in a way that was sustainable. We were by that time very interested in um, alternative forms of heating and whatever. Okay. So yeah. um, we put in air source heat pumps and solar panels and all, all right. that kind of jazz. Ahead in, of the times again. Yeah. <laughs> But it really paid dividends. I mean, we did it yeah. so that it was very discreet. You, mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't know. It just looked like an Edwardian house. Right. But okay. it was incredibly easy to live in, cheap to run, and just very comfortable. Um, okay. We loved it. We had a wonderful ten years there. Mm. Yeah. So this Edwardian house had underfloor heating, air pumps, right? Um, okay. Insulated all around the yeah. outer walls. Yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't have known it. Right, you know, okay, um, so you kept the character and, and, and the a, look. A, a quite a winning winning combination. Yeah, yeah um, I bet, yeah, sounds amazing. Okay. And practically, were you, were you doing a lot of this work yourself? Or, no. Or, no, 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 getting people no. in. We're hopeless, <laughs> no, sadly. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's not that's not your no, thing. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Sadly, I'd love it if it was, but it's not. Um, so, yes, it was a question of briefing a lot of different people. Yeah, it sounds like that could be a that probably has been a good thing over the years because it's it's easy to get sort of consumed by the day to day like hammering things together and building it. And probably what you've been able to do, I guess, is keep an eye on the bigger picture yeah. and make sure it all works Absolutely. financially and everything yeah. to as a business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the theory. That's, yes. Yeah, that's the theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, at some point, uh, you're living in Cheltenham, and you come across uh, this Barton Court just outside Colwall. Is that? Well, how it happened. <laughs> it well, not really. I mean, we made the decision that we wanted to um, to find somewhere where we could have weddings. We, okay. we thought that the wedding market would be more lucrative than the holiday rental market. And we're okay. thinking yeah. about our pensions, etc. Mm-hmm. So we drew a, um, a circle, 40-mile radius around Cheltenham okay. and looked to see what we could find that might fulfil a sort of list of criteria. Mm-hmm. The Cotswolds now being way more expensive than they were when we first bought in so we weren't going to be able to find anything mm-hmm. affordable there and um we ended up heading up to herefordshire quite often to look at various things and right. uh, a lot of which were, were hopeless yeah. but yeah. Uh, one was on a floodplain one was on a floodplain yes <laughs> but herefordshire yeah. was very noticeably beautiful. appreciably beautiful. appreciably less expensive than mm-hmm. Cheltenham. Yeah. we couldn't yeah. possibly have done a, a large property Mm. anywhere in the Cheltenham area or anywhere in, in, in that sort of central Gloucestershire area and uh, Herefordshire offered more mm-hmm. um, more space for mm. less money 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Andy's the most beautiful place. Yeah. 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 I, well, I mean, we both think it. It trumps the Cotswolds in so many different ways. Accessibility actually being one of them. Right, know. okay. Cole has yeah. a train station direct line yeah, to yeah. so many places, Birmingham, London. Not everywhere, you know, London is not the centre of everywhere now, is it? It's, uh, it's important to be able to get to other places as well. But by accident, we well, by accident, we were forced to go and see Barton Court. We couldn't <laughs> afford it. We did tell the agent that, but he was absolutely <laughs> adamant we should go and see it. Okay. Of course, fell in love with it before we got out of the car and just felt really depressed because there was no way we could raise the money. Okay, um, right. Walked around it, met the owner, had a lovely time chatting with him, swapped all sorts of info and then just went away and said... Oh, no chance. There's no way. Um, the agent said, please put in an offer. Um, I kind of imagined it would make him look good if we did that. So it's going to be an insult. I quite liked the man. And um, so we did. And he said very politely, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> and we thought that was that. And yeah. then he found other buyers who messed him around for nine months. Right. Meanwhile, during that time, we were trying to get ourselves into a position where if something similar but never as good came mm -hmm. along, we might have a better chance of buying it. Yeah. And he found us and said, would we still be interested? Right. Um, yeah, so we said absolutely, but we would need to get a bridging loan and all sorts of things, and it would take time. Yeah. If he was prepared to wait while we put all the ducks in the row, we'd, yeah, we'd love to. he was to. up for it. And that's how we're there. Okay, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing how things have a absolutely. way of working out like was, that. Was, and, uh, yeah, it's meant the place. to be. We absolutely loved it then, and we still love it now. Yeah, much. well, it is, a, it is an incredible spot. Mm -hmm. um, and as you say, yeah, amazing practically, but also it's just a yeah, stunning place. So um, okay, so this is about 2015 then when you yeah, you, you buy buy Barton Court and oh the very end of 2015 okay end yeah, of 2015 yeah, so five yeah, years ago 2016 really okay uh, and for the first quite a long time there was a huge amount of work to be done in the place right yeah uh, the basement was full of asbestos there was yeah, only sort of difficult one two radiators on the first floor running from an antiquated oil fired. <laughs> Uh, central heating system. The place was icy cold. There was an awful lot wrong. So for the yeah. first considerable period, it was just a building site having works done to it. And was it uh, was it just a private house before? Yes, you, and you it had it? been yeah. okay. in the same family for 130 years. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you, you've... Can we just like look at then the kind of element of risk that you've taken then at this stage did it feel like a a, a risk sort yes. of financially oh, yeah. and yes. everything very much so calculated risk yeah i mean yeah. but nonetheless a risk and it nearly went completely tits up as well because we technical term we had a very <laughs> bad experience with the people who installed the first lot of central heating and plumbing right okay um and that set us back and almost broke us financially and set us back a couple of years in oh, really? terms of yeah oh. because you know we we uh, were so badly 
advised, lost loads of money. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was quite painful. And it was only because it is so inspiriting as a place. You know, when you turn in the drive and you see the clock mm. tower <laughs> and the Malvern's behind, it's very difficult to be miserable, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's only because it's so lovely that I think we sort of plodded you on. Got through, yeah. yeah, and tried to remain sort of upbeat because we were sure, always very sure, it is the most spectacular place and it deserves to be brought back into use. It deserves mm. to be enjoyed by other people and it was the right thing to do on every level. I mean, yeah. as far as our finances are concerned, we've yet to see the payback, but we're on touching wood here. We're hoping that, <laughs> you know, we will. We will yeah, see it. Um I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess, like, because, you know, for me, when I first went self-employed, which, you know, is only a few years ago, I was kind of getting used to the ups and downs of the variable income after having a, you know, fairly mm. steady job. T took a bit of getting used to and I'm, I'm probably not there yet <laughs> either yeah. but I guess for you at that stage you'd had many years of yeah. getting used to that ride do, do you think that helped kind of helped you through that, that yes we, were, we weren't frightened because we didn't have a, a full-time employer anymore because mm. we were both used to being self-employed mm. uh, but the I suppose the um, peaks and troughs have been a little bit more extreme since. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course now with covid yeah. um we're having to think again about yeah. exactly the way we work with this wonderful place yeah 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 let's let's get into a bit of that if uh mm. if, if you're happy to because yeah, sure. uh, obviously we talked about that you know recently with with what you're now thinking because you were, you went into it as you said with the plan of doing weddings and and uh going into that industry, where, where are you now? Well, <laughs> large numbers we just yeah. don't see are going to be possible, practicable or desirable for, mm -hmm. I would say, at least a year. Um, but possibly the appetite for those big functions is going to, I don't know, falter for some time to come. I think people mm -hmm. need confidence to come back in mixing mm -hmm. uh, so we don't see that we have a market as we imagined mm. at all so mm -hmm. we have to pivot the great thing about Barton Court and one of the things that we absolutely loved about it was that apart from the main house which is very special it's got a real kind of clutch of beautiful outbuildings of different styles and periods mm -hmm. which we've been uh working our way through <clears throat> refurbishing and bringing into use so we've now got big spaces yeah. um uh, of different sizes that we can use for all sorts of things we've made them kind of um neutral in the sense of uh, they they speak for themselves architecturally. They're empty. You can make them into whatever you like. Mm -hmm. And they're all in a great location. So we're hoping now to be able to um, approach a different market with uh, what we have to offer. And that we would like to think is the business market to, mm -hmm. to attract people who are working from home, who are starting up, who want to work in a 
a rural environment that's uh, nevertheless sophisticated, um, interesting, uh, architecturally beautiful, and, yeah. and quite easy to get to. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's maybe a different, a different business model from the one that we had yeah, originally yeah. planned. So, is that that's kind of the the plan now? Is it? Yeah, full, we, full we, really, we are really keen on this because uh, there there are enough different spaces for people to start small mm-hmm. and to to grow or to dip in and out with their needs um, and hopefully uh, be able to meet and work with other disciplines that also get off on the same vibe uh, and I, I think possibly create... Uh, become more productive because of yeah. being able to sort of swap ideas and brainstorm with other people yeah. who are um, creatively inspired by their surroundings. Mm. That, mm. That's that's the hope. Uh, everybody right. who comes there loves it. You can't not love seeing the Morton Hills, I don't no, think. No, it's stunning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I just wanted to ask, sort of looking back on you know everything you've done, which, as we said at the beginning, has been you know incredibly kind of varied, but always sort of you can see how it's joined up now I suppose when you look back on it are there any kind of like big particular sort of failures that you look back on and think we learn a lot well we hope that we're older and wiser in a way that I can't really think of of many significant uh moves we've made in property mm. that we think wish we hadn't touched that with a barge pole right um, yeah. so it's all been moving in the right direction yeah um but whenever you're in whatever you know your present is you're always thinking forward and yeah, what yeah. you're going to be doing next and uh we hope that barton court um can thrive and prosper um yeah. uh in in the way that we are thinking now of moving forward with it mm. um we've had to as we've said revise um our thoughts about a huge venue for weddings for the mm. obvious reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. Very much hoping that this lovely place can be adaptable enough, and I'm sure it can, um, so that it can uh, be a useful base, uh, not just to us, but for a few other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, definitely. So that's the, that's the hope. So, yeah, so basically look forward, don't look back, <laughs> keep well, going. I, I guess mm. the only thing is you look back and, and you learn from what, what you did, whether it worked or it didn't work, yeah. and you try not to repeat the same thing mm. and to help other people not make your mistakes, um, or at least if they go ahead and do them, at least you forewarned them so they are slightly yeah. <laughs> prepared for some of yeah. the pitfalls. Um, yeah. I mean, we do have an awful lot of experience between us that we're always very happy to share if people ask our opinion yeah. uh, on set up contingencies always <laughs> you always need a contingency plan okay, i think yeah. whatever you whatever you do yeah yeah i guess this is what i was getting at with the initial question was mm. kind of yeah that kind of advice mm. from things that you've learned um over the years so yeah i've heard it described as sort of protecting the downside i guess yeah. is that kind of what you mean that's exactly it you have you know obviously if you have an idea you go for it you 
absolutely have to give it your all. But I would say always have uh, something in the back of your mind. If that doesn't work, what else can I do with this thing? Okay. How, yeah, how can yeah. I, how can I, I hate the word pivot because it's getting so hackneyed, <laughs> but how can I use it for something else? Never leave yourself completely all eggs in one basket, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you come into it just, yeah, thinking there's always another way. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's a bit like when I left my job and kind of someone said, well, you can always go back and do your job if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So having that kind of fallback position. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, cool. Now, you, you, you're on LinkedIn quite a lot, I think, yeah. Linda, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I like LinkedIn. Made yeah. some friends on LinkedIn, which is kind yeah. of strange. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's quite good in terms of it's sort of, it seems quite positive mm. on the whole, I think, doesn't it? The posts on there and mm. that sort of thing. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much for coming over and doing this. Oh, it's uh, been I think a pleasure. it's going to be really useful good. for people. And um, yeah, if they'd like, if people would like to connect with you, bartoncourtonline.co.uk, yeah. um, LinkedIn, yeah. Linda Camp yeah. on LinkedIn. Anywhere else they should head? Well, well I'm all, I do Facebook for us as Barton Court and okay. Instagram and also Pinterest if they like to look at ah, pictures. Okay. Yeah, you're um, pretty good on social media, I think, aren't you? I, well, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> well, Linda's um, learning very, very fast, actually. I'm, yeah. 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 I mean, so it will almost bewildering the, the range of different social media and which work best. And okay. obviously different ones have uh, very different benefits. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if you're able to have a... Uh, a library of three or four that you do, yeah. and they can all sort of uh, interpollinate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of present on everything, and mm. people will always find you. Cool. Okay. Well, um, yeah, head over to head over to LinkedIn or to the website or to any of the other social platforms, and I'll put all the links into the show notes so people can find you and um, uh, and, and give you a shout and have a chat. Yep, and, that would uh, be great. There. But no, thanks very much. Thank you, Dan. Good to talk with you. It's been lovely. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.